Welcome to another segment of Northwest Passages, a program that features passages from books with a connection to the Pacific Northwest. I'm your host and producer, Douglas Furr, and today we're continuing with the book Maphead by Seattleite, Jeopardy host, and greatest of all time Jeopardy champion, Ken Jennings. In Maphead, Jennings spends a chapter talking about the curious and sometimes unusual origins and pronunciations of place names. Listen carefully, and you'll hear an example that literally and figuratively is close to home for our listeners. Here's Connie Furr reading from the 2011 Ken Jennings book, Maphead. You'd think that the labels on maps would be the easiest bits to get right, but the struggles and compromises of the board on geographic names belie that idea. Names aren't neutral, they come with agendas. In 1614, John Smith coined the name New England for the North American coast he was exploring. His map of the area pointedly left off any Native American settlements or place names. Instead, every place got a cozy and completely arbitrary British name. Ipswich, Southampton, Cape Elizabeth. Most of Smith's names never caught on, but one of his choices was adopted by the Mayflower Pilgrims when they founded their colony there six years later. Plymouth, a spot that the Wampanoag Indians then as now actually called Patuxet. As late as 1854, Commodore Matthew Perry steamed into Tokyo Bay and returned to Washington bearing a map of Edo with all the parts of the harbor given suspiciously un-Japanese names like Mississippi Bay and Susquehanna Bay. On the map, some islets in the Uraga Channel have even been labeled Plymouth Rocks. Look, the maps say all wide-eyed and innocent-like. These places must be ours. Why else would they have our names on them? It's hard for Americans to understand the patriotism that can get bound up in place names. We're a young country. We're also accustomed, in our cockeyed cowboy fashion, to everything else revolving around us. So we can afford to let slide the fact that, say, the Gulf of Mexico isn't called the Gulf of America. Although, according to John Bear, that is the pet issue of one frequent complainant to the Board on Geographic Names. If America Ferreira announced tomorrow that she was changing her first name to Canada, we'd be okay with it. We'd get on with our lives. But elsewhere in the world, toponymy is national identity. The imported Western atlases I saw on Korean shelves as a kid always had the words Sea of Japan blacked out on the Asian maps and the traditional Korean name East Sea hand-lettered below. Greece got so angry about the name of the newly independent Republic of Macedonia, historically Macedonia was a region of northern Greece, that it blackballed Macedonia's entrance into NATO in 2008. The hottest rhetoric has come out of, surprise, Iran, after the 2004 edition of the National Geographic Atlas of the World added to the Persian Gulf a smaller parenthetical label reading Arabian Gulf. Iranians sensed a conspiracy and went bonkers. Under the influence of the U.S. Zionist lobby and all the oil dollars of certain Arab countries, the society has distorted an undeniable historical reality, wrote the Tehran Times. All National Geographic publications and journalists were banned from Iran. Resourceful Internet users from the Persian global community sent National Geographic thousands of emails left hundreds of angry Amazon reviews of the atlas, and even Google-bombed the phrase Arabian Gulf so that the top web result for that phrase is now a mock error page reading. 
The Gulf you are looking for does not exist. Try Persian Gulf. National Geographic finally issued a correction, but tensions in the Gulf are still running high over the issue. Iran created a national Persian Gulf Day every April to celebrate the nomenclature. Cancel the 2010 Islamic Solidarity Games when Arab nations objected to the phrase Persian Gulf on the medals and has even threatened to ban any airline that doesn't use the right name on its display board. The closest American equivalent to this kind of toponymic pride is the way we use place names to confer insider or outsider status in our communities. Woe unto the Manhattan tourist who asks where Avenue of the Americas is. The official renaming is such a mouthful that New Yorkers still say 6th Avenue or pronounces Houston Street like the city in Texas. In my neck of the woods, the magic names are Puyallup, the Tacoma suburb that's home to Washington's largest state fair every fall, and Squim, a retirement mecca on the Olympic Peninsula. To pronounce these towns Puyallup and Sequim, the way they're spelled, is to instantly brand oneself a clueless tourist or worse, a California transplant. I could tell you the real pronunciations, but then under Washington state law, I'd have to kill you. That passage was from Maphead by Ken Jennings, published in 2011 by Scribner and Sons. Thanks, as always, to Connie Furr for her great reading. I'm your host and producer, Douglas Furr. Thanks for listening. Northwest Passage is a KSQM Studios production.